and it's showtime. What's up, Lauren? Hey, girl. Hey. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to see you in person soon. I know. It's like 11 days from when we're recording this. But who's counting? (laughs) Actually, the week this comes out, at the end of that week, we'll be together. (gasps) Everyone should feel so excited for us. We're so excited. (sighs) I'm excited for this episode because we finally get to nerd out over the thing that we talk about in every episode even though this is not a human design podcast. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about it before. I was like, why am I so- – I was like nervous and excited. And then I was like, this is because it's giving us full permission to just, yeah, talk about what we love. And, you know, we listeners, we promise not to turn this podcast into a human design podcast, probably. Probably. But I think this – our conversation today will help people – Understand why it comes up in every conversation. Yeah. It's a very – like once you enter your human design experiment, at least this is how I have experienced it, it is all-consuming. I think like anytime you're learning something new, like you see it everywhere. You see it in strangers. You see – like I'm grateful that I've been a coach for several years now and I've flexed my mus- the muscle of like I don't need to share my knowledge with everyone and you know just like a lot of the energies in the chart are better when invited out and when people are ready for them so it is easy for me to kind of zip it and keep my mouth shut unless someone shows interest but when they show interest I like unleash human design vomit on them how about you same like yeah. anytime I have an opportunity to respond with human design it's people better like buckle up Buckle. But you know when they're when I am responding because that is what I'm supposed to do. Right. They're often very open to it and interested and curious, and it's so fun to get to just like be the one who gets to to like to share impart that. this knowledge and be the one that like changes someone's perspective of the entire world. Right. And it's also a really fun party trick. I know you have experienced this as well. <laughs> I went it's to a totally housewarming a party. party. Trick. Yeah, I went to a housewarming party and, you know, naturally people, we were like talking about what we do and it was a room full of entrepreneurs, which is cool. And so I was like, you know, I'm a health coach and burnout. I focus on burnout recovery and I'm a human design guide. And then nobody in the group knew what it was, but their eyes were just like, you could tell that there was something in their brain that was like, I need to know about this. And so like, what are you talking about? And then luckily, you know, because they were spiritual entrepreneurs, whatever, they all knew their exact birth time. So I was pulling their chart (laughs) and then, you know, just sharing the information that I knew about them on the spot about their type. But like, because it resonates so much with people, they were just like, they're like, are you a witch? And I'm like, yeah, witch in training, but got it. No, you're a witch. We don't have to be in training. We already are. Okay, cool. (laughs) We're just becoming more knowledgeable. We're just becoming more knowledgeable. So it's my favorite thing to like embrace my, my, spiritual powers. Yes, absolutely. And for this episode, I mean, in full disclosure, because, you know, with my gate 26 in a more challenging placement in my chart, gate 26 is the gate of integrity. I always like to be transparent. And when I sell, I'm just like, listen, there are no unconscious intentions or things I'm holding back. Like this is what's going on. So one, we just want to have this conversation to invite you to start your human design experiment or deepen your human design experiment. And then if you have never had a reading, that is something that I now offer, 60-minute readings. So by the end of this, we'll have a coupon code to get $10 off of that. But we just want to like pique your interest, take what feels good. I always tell people that you'll only be ready for 
what you are ready for. So if some of it goes over your head, fine. Like you can come back and listen to this episode, but whatever stands out to you, that is what you're meant to hear. So just take what feels good and yeah, know that you can always come back and listen and you can always book a human design reading if you want to go deep into your specific chart, your unique design, and it is life-changing. So congratulations on beginning this journey. Huzzah. And I thought, Lauren, we could start, I mean, we've said bits and pieces, but like if you just wanted to give what first comes to mind, like why do you love human design so much? I, gosh, I, I intentionally did not prepare for these questions because I wanted it to be like sacral well, response. And you didn't know them, so that helped. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, I could have guessed that you were going to ask me that. <laughs> Why do you love it? I love it because it helps me love myself more and understand and love humans more. Like it's not getting stuck in feelings or emotions or reactions or programming or bullshit or societal stuff or whatever it really helped me like step back and appreciate humans and humanity and this wild journey we've been on and how many other humans it took for us to get here and have this experience and the fact that this even came across my path and then like hijacked me in like the best way possible at the perfect time it's really hard to ignore that like like tangible response that I had when I learned about this or heard about it for the first time. Cause I had, it was not on my radar at all. Like never heard the words human design till the, till podcast we did with Katie last year around this time last year, I was into Enneagram and personality types and gosh, what else? All the astrology, natal charts, all of that stuff. But this put it all together. Like it's just wild. It's wild. I love it so much. Yeah. And I have so much like just to feed off of what you said. I think – and I think this plays beautifully into our type. You said it's helped you like love yourself and get to know yourself and that is one of the gifts of the generator, right? To know themselves. And then for me, it's really helped me understand other people and that might sound interesting since I'm a coach and it's like in my coaching space, I've been good about like tuning in and and understanding my clients. But when it came to just everyday friendships, relationships, strangers, because of my dense little manifestor aura, like it's actually like I have to focus in order to intuitively tap into like what other people doing, what what they're experiencing, what's going on. And so having this system to apply to other people. And not to say that this is the only thing that defines us. It absolutely is not. But it's just like if I know someone's a generator or a projector, it just gives me this sense of understanding. And it's allowed me to remove – like I have a lot of standards and expectations for myself. And I absolutely would fall into the trap of holding everyone else up to those standards and expectations. So the people that I ran with, it's like if they didn't fall into this like these like certain categories, I would get – annoyed, angry, frustrated, whatever. And just like, oh, why can't people keep up? Or why can't people do this? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you are not like me, that you bring something else to the table. And so human design, and this has been, yeah, within the last year, there's been a softening within me when it comes to other people that I don't want to say my bullshit tolerance has gotten higher because I don't think it's necessarily about that. But to a certain extent, like when people bring their gifts, they also bring their bullshit and I'm just like able to love it all. And like I truly have embraced just like the love of humanity and differentiation, which that's what human design is. It's the science 
of differentiation and this idea that we are all unique. We're not all meant to do it just like that other person did because it worked for them. And actually, if you see someone else doing something that may be being able to apply like, okay, how can I do it differently in a way that works best for me? And then, of course, the other aspect, being a burnout recovery coach and going through my own burnout and now being able to bring this tool to myself and my clients, I have so much more energy for what I love. And I also have so much better boundaries around what I am not available for when it comes to my energy. So it's just like this beautiful blueprint and it is a suggestion. It's not set beliefs. It's not dogmatic. So it's just like, oh, I can take what feels good, leave what doesn't. And that's for me, those are the two biggest things, like the gift of my energy and understanding others. It really also shifted my entire career Mm. because – I was in coaching, business coaching, sales, organizational management. I was, you know, really trying to figure out what my calling was as an entrepreneur. Like I knew there was a business I was supposed to have and create, but I didn't know what it was. And it was human design that unlocked all of that because all of a sudden I was using my energy correctly for myself Mm -hmm. and not holding, like you said, other people to standards that I was holding myself to, which were not correct for me even. They were programming and it really helped me understand why my coaching never really took off because I was coaching based on my generator experience. And not everyone has that gut instinct that punches them in the diaphragm like mine does. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand what's wrong with these people. Like they just don't seem to get it. Like they just they just they're flaky, they're blah blah blah. And I was just like so frustrated all the time. So and now that I have this, I mean, I've run charts on everyone I work with and it has massively shifted like the productivity and communication that helped like really focus our time together so we're not burning out and like overworking or working on things that don't actually matter. It's definitely been a core tenant of my relationship with my business partner, my relationship with my fiance, my relationship with my soon-to-be stepkids, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with you, my relationship with my best friend, my family. Like all of a sudden, everybody is making a lot more sense to me. Right. And it also helps with like my anxiety and depression and like all the ways that I am. Oh my gosh. That I had like put these huge labels on and just kind of become like, I don't know the word. I'd like conceded to them. Like, I guess this is just how I am. Right. But now it's like, oh, wait, hold on. That was just a really low expression of it. And now when I'm using my energy correctly, I can like really use the power that I have. It's just so cool. And I know a lot of what we're saying is like weird gibberish to some people. It does have its own language. Yeah. And I feel like we kind of exist between the language we used to speak with and the language we speak with now. So listener, if we if we start getting into our jibber jabber, all of this stuff is Googleable. And that's how I learned a lot of it too. But yeah. drop questions, drop you know, like DM us. Like we under I just wanted to put that out there. Like this does have a whole other language to it and way of speaking. Yeah. And just take it all in. And I love what you said, because another thing I wanted to talk about was just different applications, like real world applications. Because I know when I'm doing a reading for someone who's new to human design, 
they're often like, that's really cool, but what the heck do I do with this? And right. you know, the the easiest answer is start with your strategy and authority, but also it's like there are specific I mean, you can apply it to any point in your life, health, parenting, your job, love, whatever. But one thing that some you said something that sparked in me something to share. And we both have undefined, well, you have an open head, and then we both have an undefined ajna. I have an undefined crown. And around anxiety, that is also transformed for me. I mean, I've done I've done so much work. I started out as an anxiety coach specifically to help people find natural ways to work with and heal their anxiety. But human design was like this extra layer that just was like, oh my gosh, this shifts everything because being open in the crown and the head and listeners, these are centers, which are basically like energy pockets in the body. They're like loosely related to chakras. And this is where when we're open, we can take in energy and amplify it. It's inconsistent sometimes. So the head and crown are like about taking in ideas and inspiration and then the like processing them. And for me, I would drive myself crazy thinking about things that don't matter or trying to find certainty. And when human design had this language, like when you have these undefined centers, you're not meant to feel certain. Like you're always going to have the ability to to experience possibility and different ways of seeing things and different ways of thinking about things. And so now the way that I experience my busy mind is like a playful little puppy that I get to carry around with me. And I'm just like, oh, look at that cute little puppy, like going crazy and chasing all the butterflies that are coming in. But I don't identify with what's going on. And I just really am able to like, there's no pressure anymore to understand things or be certain or have the answers. And I can just like relax. And like, it's like letting the steam out of a pressure cooker, just like releasing the pressure. I'm like, oh, this, this energy is not meant for me. So I no longer have to fight against it. I can like go with it. Have you had that shift in learning about those centers as well? Or what was your experience? Yeah, it was, I had done quite a bit of learning and reading about chakras. And so I dove into like the history and like the why there's nine centers in human design versus Mm -hmm. the seven, the splitting of the heart chakra, that whole thing. Google it, listener, if you're curious. So I was aware of like that type of flow of energy. I've had Reiki done before, all of that kind of stuff. But for me, the real like, like switch reframe is the word I like to use the real reframe to me with that experience of like having all of the ideas and everything feels important and like an emergency was my authority and strategy Mm. and type it was like okay I have all the ideas I can go and deep dive research holes about things that do not matter but pique my curiosity but when my anxiety would start to like choke me out I would have to sit there and be still which I learned later is part of my design and reconnect with my body and like push my energy down into my sacral and my root and my spleen, which are defined. And then ask myself, is there anything for me to respond to here? Because mm-hmm. almost all the time, the answer was no. And my mm-hmm. I, my body would tell me like, none of this is important. You can turn your brain off. Nothing's going to happen. So cool. The world will not implode. But like I'm real, I can like visualize the energy. That's something I've always been able to do. So I can Mm -hmm. get real still, meditate, yoga, walk with no sound or no distractions. And like really like I can like visualize pushing the energy down into the different, the defined parts of my design. But yeah, I was, 
uh, my anxiety is so different now. Now my anxiety is because I'm anticipating something I need to respond to, or I'm not responding to something I know I should be responding to, Mm. (laughs) or I'm second guessing myself. So my anxiety is really different. Uh, I wouldn't even consider myself an anxious person anymore. That's just kind of not something I identify with. Yeah, that's so cool. I don't know if I've ever said that out loud before. Love it. Let's take a moment to (laughs) let that sink in. Hooray for that. (laughs) Yeah, and I think something else I feel called to share is when we're talking about type and strategy and authority, first of all, our type has to do with the different energetic auras in human design. So there's five different types, technically four different auras. We have the manifester, the manifesting generator, the generator projector and reflector. And all of our auras, which is like, you know, they say the aura extends about six feet off of our body. And Lauren, as a generator, has an open and enveloping aura. It's like a warm hug. And me as a manifester, I have a dense little aura that's more repelling. It's it's a means of protection to help keep my inner urges protected and coming through so there's not outside influence there. And then each type has a specific way that they're meant to operate. So type and strategy will always go together. And so that's what Lauren's talking about when she's saying responding is that a generator strategy is to respond. And the visual I love strategy And strategy for me, just to like put it in layman's terms, is the the correct way for you to make decisions and like interact with the world is how I figured out like how to explain it to people from a layman's way. Like when something happens, it's like I respond to something. I can't make something happen. I'm supposed to wait and respond. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, since your sacral is your strategy, that makes sense. Oh, right. You didn't get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Right. Like our, yeah. So we use authority. our, Our strategy is how we remove resistance in life. So the visual I'll use for people usually is imagining you're going through a dense forest and you can walk through the forest, but you're going to trip over sticks and fallen trees and whatever is there. But if there was this path through the forest, it would be so much easier to go through the path and enjoy the forest and nature and life. So your strategy is like that path through the forest. And then your, your authority is how you're meant to make decisions. And yeah, that's... That's my visual. And there's lots that. of types of authority. I didn't realize how many there were till recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's two like that are the most common. Is that true? True. Yeah. So an emotional authority is the most common. I think I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think it's around 50% of the population. And then, yeah, for a generator type, they can either have an emotional authority or a sacral authority. And then when you get down to manifester and projector, there are there are many different authorities for projectors, um, a few for manifestors, and then a reflector has a lunar authority, which is a whole different ballgame. I have a few reflectors in my life, which is fun. I'm, I need to get one of them in for a reading because I have not done a reading for a reflector yet. So interesting. They're so, they're like unicorns. They're right. They're the most rare. Yeah. They're, I don't even know if we want to go into that. <laughs> I'm just like a listener. If you run your chart and you're a reflector, just DM Erica. <laughs> there you go. Let's talk a little bit about we've we've talked about why we love it, some applications for it. Are there any other applications in life for human design that you you want to touch on that we haven't yet? We've kind of talked about career and outside of business. Honestly, like the most impactful one that I have experienced is parenting by human design. Mm. 
for my two stepsons. Like it's, it's wild. It's wild to like decide to not parent based on how you were parented, which I am doing a lot of that, like reparenting, healing the inner child type work in my own growth and therapy. But then to, with intention, not parent the way you were parented and intentionally parrot by these little humans designs which are fresh and are evolving like my design is is not static but it's set i'm 38 it's set my brain is fully developed my saturn has returned like all these things mm. we're dealing with like an 8 and a 6 year old where they are just at that first you know developmental stage of 7 years old we have this big personality shift um, so we're watching their designs like develop in real time. And then we're trying to like guide them towards being aware of what's correct for them by their design at that age that's where so they don't, cool. they have no reason not to, they have no programming yet that's going to counter contradict it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like super deep on all the research and putting it against like child psychology and all these other things. So I feel a book of there's a book in me about it. I just haven't gotten there yet. Oh my gosh, I can't. Write <laughs> but yeah, that's that's when I every time my friends are like, "Oh, my kids, blah 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 blah," and I know their design, the parents' design. I'm like, "Have you run your kids' charts yet? Right. Let me run it. Let me just at least just give me. I'll tell you the strategy and authority and type because a solar plexus child, an emotionally authority, an emotional authority child versus sacral or splenic or whatever like totally different experiences on how they express their feelings and it's just really cool so yeah that's that's a big one for me yeah I constantly have to stop myself from going back to myself in the 20s and judging the crap out of myself for just how judgy and not compassionate I was for all the big emotions I had and not understanding them, which, you know, obviously it wasn't my fault. No one, no one taught me how to have language around it, but yeah, the emotional authority and understanding that I need time, right? Lauren, you have the gift of direct access to your gut instinct, your little, your Google maps to alignment. And for me, I'm like, nope, if I need to make the decision right now, this is, I know this is not right for me. And then I get to wait and wait it out. Like I've, for the last two weeks, I have been, <laughs> The big decision I'm going through, I want to get an air bike for my spare bedroom, but it's like this, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an investment and like, I know I really want it, but I'm just going, I'm going through the emotional waves and like one day I'll wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to buy it. And then I sit down and I'm like, I'm like, I know I'm on a high. So then I wait, I'm just riding it. And at some point, the thing with the emotional authority is that you never really find certainty. You don't have that experience of like, yep, this is absolutely what I'm supposed to do. It's more like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That feels good. And that's it. And I'm learning to trust that like, okay, yeah, cool. That feels good. But it kind of feels weird because when you think about making decisions, you want to be able to be like, yes, for sure. I, I know this is right for me, but like, that's just not meant for me. And now I see it as like a superpower that it's okay that it's not meant or that I'm not meant for certainty and instant knowing. I'm so grateful to have you and Adam as emotional authority people in my life because I was never taught how to use my emotions as a child and mm. you guys are teaching me as an adult and that's been a huge part of my like inner child 
and reparenting work is like I'm watching people I trust and experiencing people I trust helping me realize, oh, that's what I'm feeling. Is that what it looks like? Is that a way to express it? Oh, that's why my sacral's like silent. And I'm like, oh, okay, I just have to wait because I don't have like the waves the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for example, I sat on buying my Warby Parker glasses. I tried them on in September and there was just something that was like, not. it's not time yet. And I was so frustrated. And I was like, why? <laughs> why is it not time yet? The money's there. Up, oh, the money's gone. Now I can't do it now. Up, oh, the money. And then one day, out of the blue, it's like a Thursday. All of a sudden, I was like, it's time. And I ordered them and they came. And now I love them so much. It's like. That's so wild. But it's like, it wasn't necessarily like an emotional thing. It was just my sacral was just like, no, it's not time yet. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a really important thing to touch on because a recent thing that I've fallen in love with around human design is the idea of right timing. Cause this comes up, it's a theme and all the energies, all the centers, all the gates, like it says somewhere about like, okay, this is good and right timing. Use this when the time is right. Your sacral will respond when it's the right time. And as I was studying and going through the course that I'm taking, it was kind of annoying. Like I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Right timing, right timing. Until I really experienced something big in my life that made it so clear that I was like, oh my gosh, I get it now. And I'll quickly share what that is. But last last year around Thanksgiving, I rushed through a launch. I invested in an online course platform, Kajabi, because I was like, okay, I'm going to make my first self-guided course. I'm so excited. Like, I have the idea. I'm going to do this. But there, there wasn't it was more my mind that was forcing through. I was like, I need to do this. I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And so I started working on it and I realized that Black Friday was coming up. So I was like, okay, this will be a great time to have a special. And again, kind of rushed through things, released it. It, it did not do what I wanted it to do. And then as soon as that happened, I just kept getting these messages of you need to rest. Like I would do automatic writing or just check in with my guides. It was like, rest, something big is coming. It isn't the right time. Just like take a break. And so that's when I took a step back in December. I started a new mastermind in January. And after that first call, my coach is an amazing marketing coach and witch and like, she's just the best. So I worked through some stuff on the call and then something activated inside me, a relatively clear manifesto urge, I would say. And it was like, okay, now it's the time to work on your course. And when I was trying to get started, like in November, December, I would like sit down to write out the outline and nothing felt clear and it felt just icky. And then now it's like every time I sit down to work on it, it just, things flow through me. Each day I'll record a video and it's all coming together. And so this idea of right timing that even though my head thought that November was the right time to do this, the universe my internal manifesto urges all had a different idea. And if I was able to more tap into that, I could just be like, okay, just because I'm not doing it right now doesn't mean it will never happen. And when it when you do get in tune with those signals, like for you, Lauren, it's your sacral. And for me, I've really had to figure out what is a manifesto urge? What is an idea? Because I know we both have this energy in our chart, but gate 11, the gate of ideas. I have that I have in my- it three times in my That's chart. That's right. Yeah. You have it three <laughs> times in your chart. And then I have it in my unconscious earth, which is a prominent placement. So it's like, okay, there can be ideas. There's internal manifesto urges. And then there's the emotional high. And they all feel very similar, but they are very different. So now my experiment is very much around like, 
okay, am I on an emotional high? Am I getting a manifesto or, or is this just an idea? And each one had, like I do something different depending on what it is. I think you said in a conversation, it's like, what a gift to have language to differentiate between those energies. Cause it's true. Cause before they were just a blur of like, I was just like, oh my God, I have to do stuff. Cause I have so, so many things coming through me. And now I can really stop and be like, I know whether I need to take action or not based on what I'm feeling. So I also want to reflect that what you just said perfectly describes how you and I have been deconstructing our relationship to productivity. Ooh. That just like literally just came to me like, boop, that's what that is. Tell me more. Because it's like we and our culture especially are so tied to like the doing, the productivity, the external validation, the achievements, the whatever, whatever, you know, to be valued or to be like, what's the word? To be perceived as valuable to other people. Mm -hmm. But when I was living in that and I was so burnt out from living that constantly for 15 years as an entrepreneur and a, and somebody in business, when I was able to do what you just said and like, understand like, what is, what is an idea? What is, you know, wrong timing when I force, when I push something, even though my gut's like, no, bitch, you need to wait. (laughs) And understanding like, what those feelings that feel similar because I get emotional highs too. I get real juiced up on an idea and I will like take, I will waste so much time trying to make it happen and then it will all fall apart every time. And then I felt like such a failure. And then I realized it's because I pushed it and it wasn't supposed to be, but also that helped me like realize like I'm supposed to rest. I'm supposed to be still I'm supposed to wait for my sacral to tell me it's the right time. And that made me feel real lazy for a lot of last year. But then when it was the right time, I had the energy to actually do the thing. So like we've really reframed our experience with what productivity is and what laziness is and like all of that is programming and like capitalist bullshit that's built into how we're trained to work in these corporate environments that totally disregard like how humans work. Yeah. And uh, one piece I want to pick out just because 70% of the population is a generator type, meaning you have your defined take girl. So piggybacking on what you said, and at least how I understand it, obviously I can't embody this because I, I don't have a defined take girl. So I'm curious if this is how you experience it. But from my understanding, it's like, You can push through and make stuff happen if you want because you have that sacral energy, but there is a difference between the quality of energy of the sacral when you're pushing through versus when it's turned on through response. So it's like, it's like if you're, if you are a generator type, either a generator or a manifesting generator and you're like, yeah, like I'm getting by, I'm like making shit happen. But knowing that if you learn how to follow your strategy and respond to turn on your sacral energy, that the quality of what you do can be so much better. Like, I'm curious how you experience that difference of like forcing the sacral versus when it's truly turned on by response. So if if you've been listening for a while, people, I work with finances and money and like, that's one of my jobs that I found is very aligned with myself. The way I think about my generator sacral is that when it's turned on and like it's in the correct timing for me it's like I'm printing money Ooh, I love. and then when I when I'm when I'm not responding or I'm or I'm pushing it and making it happen it's a loan 
It's like an energetic loan. Oh my gosh. Because I can make it happen, but I'm going to have to jump through all kinds of hoops. I'm going to have to compromise my integrity. I'm going to have to borrow something that will have strings attached to it. And the likelihood that it will fail is pretty high because I'm forcing it to happen. And this is not a statement that loans are bad. Money's a tool. Loans are fine. I have loans to start businesses that I've done in the last year. We're not talking about actual money. I'm talking about the concept of. So like that my generatorness, my sacral energy is like printing money or borrowing money. I love that. And I'll just share a little bit about the manifester experience. So we are the only type that can actually burn out by not initiating and because initiating actually gives us energy. So when we are connected to and listening to our internal urges, when it's the right timing and it's go time, it's like, it's like what I imagine the sacral is like, okay, it's turned on and ready to go. Whereas the manifester energy, I experience almost like a volume knob where it's like, not slowly, but it kind of is It's just like slowly like, okay, yep, this is it. And then what I've learned is from my mentor and then also just an experience is like an idea can be fleeting. So I'll get a bunch of ideas in a day, but an urge, I can't ignore it. Like if I get an urge and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. The next day it's still going to be there. And the next day and until finally I'm like, okay, I will listen to this. Like I'm ready for this. So there's just slight nuances. And, and again, each type has its own way of experiencing this. But I think the thing that's transformed the most for me is just, yeah, knowing that I get to tap into and understand myself and I'm not learning about myself through how Lauren experiences things. Like there is information and language for each person and each type to take away with it. And then there's so many complex layers. Like we're just talking about type and strategy. And then you can go into the centers and the gates and channels and the planetary energy. So it's like with readings, a level one reading, you might just talk about your type and strategy and authority. And then you go into your centers. And then in a third reading with someone, I might talk about their gates and channels and planetary energies. It's like this beautiful story. And in each one, you get to understand yourself more. Well, and it's, I mean, you've said this and Katie said this and other human design people I follow talk about how I think maybe Ross said it originally that it takes about seven years of being actively intentionally, you know, experimenting with your human design to really feel like you've like not necessarily mastered it, but like are actually living in it and like in that flow. So to get fully expressed in all of that. Yeah. So it took me a year about a year of like being really curious and intentional about my strategy and authority. And it wasn't till like literally two weeks ago that you did a reading for me with my gates and my planets. And I had only done like cursory, like high level reading about it. And then you gave me my reading specific to that. And then I did a five day boot camp about it. Mm that I dove even deeper. And in that boot camp, I put my people in. So then I was learning about my people because I like to interact with people in a way that's by their design so that they can actually like have that connection with me. So if you're hearing this and you're like, okay, this, okay, I'm curious, what do I do? What's your, what, what's the website you prefer people to go if they're going to go run their own design? Like go, fi- go figure out your, your strategy and authority and your type. Start there. I I usually use genetic matrix, mybodygraph.com or myhumandesign.com. I'm sure there's many others. We'll put them in the show notes so you can Yeah, just we'll 
We'll do, we'll drop those in the show notes for sure. And I wanted to say something too about, I'm glad you brought up the seven year thing. Cause yeah, it's like, okay, it could take up to seven years to feel, feel all the shifts that can happen and feel fully expressed in the energies. And even then you're always going to oscillate between like, this is energy. So there's a low expression, there's a high expression. And even though I feel like I'm in the high expression of a lot of in a lot of places in my chart, that's not every day, right? Each day I wake up and I'm like, oh, this is hard. This feels hard today. And and then you take into account planetary transits and all that stuff. But then I would just say also like, and I know you know this too, it's like you'll feel shifts right away. Like if you start practicing your just your strategy even, like not even your authority, just your strategy, your life will significantly change. For the longest time, I only knew my strategy. I didn't even understand my authority yet. And so for a year, I was just practicing like initiating and leaning into that. And that changed everything. And then I had a reading with Katie where she talked more about the centers. And I was like, wait, what? There's more? <laughs> there's even more. So it's like you feel the shifts right away. But yeah, like give yourself time and grace because it will not transform overnight. We've been conditioned for decades, a lot of us, and it takes time to decondition from the things and the programming we've learned. I'll, I'll also put out there that this will likely, if you if you're curious and you go down this path of human design, it will prompt you to do some other healing. Mm-hmm. It's I've, I do I believe that. it's impossible to be curious about your human design and not be presented opportunities to face your trauma and your childhood and you know all kinds of things that have impacted the person you are when you find human design because there's something in it that like just the fact that you're listening to this and you happen to listen to this and you're like if you're having like feelings or like like emotional responses to hearing this like that's the universe being like hey you should probably look into this (laughs) yeah and what but it's a path it's a path and it's you know it's 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 for you. I mean, yeah. it's not an accident that we found this. And I also think if human design is where you start or like you go into it and it opens up these other avenues to take, your understanding your design will give you courage to go down those paths because it's like a new way of dealing with challenge and trauma and things that come up. So if there's, you know, I, I believe and I have experienced that I'm not ready to do healing until I'm ready to do healing, right? And it's like nothing ever comes up that I don't have the tools to deal with or that I'm not like, if it comes up in therapy, it's because my therapist can hold space for whatever's coming up and or even by myself, nothing will come up unless I'm ready for it. And if anything, human design has been this tool to give me courage to be like, I know what I can handle. I know when it's the right time for something. I know when I can go into something or maybe when I need to lean back and ask for support or whatever. So it'll be, it will be a whole new tool for you to, again, just have this lens of awareness. And it's such a gift, like yeah. such a gift. Something you just said made me think of like my truly favorite thing about human design that I've learned so far. Tell me, tell me. It's taught me to trust myself. Mm, I love that. Same. Which is not something that I was taught growing up. Our culture certainly doesn't specifically teach women to trust themselves. We're taught to our bodies, anything. Yeah, it's helped me trust myself emotionally, intellectually, in my body. Like I actually trust my body's 28 day cycle and like 
all the information. It's helped me realize there's no morality to literally anything Mm -hmm. and everything's information. But that requires me to trust my experience. So that's that's my biggest favoritist thing about human design. I agree. I love that. Well, somehow like this this episode's flying by, but let's Don't be shocked that we've been talking for 40 something minutes I know. already. <laughs> I feel like let's round it out and talk a little bit about some of the planetary energy stuff cuz I feel like that's you know, like if someone comes to me and they're completely new to human design, like the most I would tell them in their first reading is maybe their conscious sun gate just cuz that makes up about 70% of our energy, so it can be a very big gate, but like I have gate 12 in my conscious sun. You have gate 18. And what, what if anything, or like what was the biggest takeaway when you learned about gate 18 or even the gates in your incarnation cross? Like what kind of understanding deepened for yourself, understanding those energies for you? Well, first tell the people what it means, what the sun, what the conscious sun means. Good point. So your conscious sun is what we're meant to share with their with the world. It's um, connected to our purpose. But the reason why I love how human design talks about purpose, because it's not necessarily telling you what to do. There is sometimes information in our incarnation cross around that. Although the deal with the incarnation cross is like, that's not something you need to necessarily worry about early on in your human design experiment, because as you get into alignment with the rest of your design, that kind of naturally happens. So depending on how in or out of alignment is, it's like your incarnation cross just is. But the with purpose, it's the energy with which you bring to everything you do. So you could be an accountant, you could be a, a coach, a veterinarian, whatever, but it's like, this is the energy that you bring to that and that you're really meant to embody. So that's our conscious Sun. Did I say that? Yeah. yeah. Just- <laughs> so it's not it's not about like what job you should have. It's not yes. like that. And this is the top right side line of numbers and symbols when you look at your chart. It's yeah. the very top. It's in black. Mm-hmm. So tell me my gate again, 18. Which one? Gate is that? 18, the gate of corrections. And with this gate, it's it's really amount about being able to see patterns and see things that be, can be corrected in the collective, but for the purpose of moving us towards joy. So you might hear correction and be like, oh, like think about someone who always wants to like correct what I'm doing or make suggestions. But it's really because you can see, it's like you can see that people are suffering, that people are making things harder on themselves. And you're like, hey, if you just make this tweak, like it's going to be so much easier and you're going to be able to feel so much more joy. So the gate of corrections, it's like a superpower. And then it's also projected energy. So it's much more powerful when it is invited out of you as opposed to just blurting. So I was absolutely living in this energy already before I knew human design, but it was a very low, I would call mismanaged expression because I was forcing things to happen. I was very micromanaging. I was very like in my management, in my corporate life. And then as a coach, I was just like, I don't, why is this so hard for you? Like, I don't understand what your problem is. Like, it was very like aggressive and like judgmental because I was like, it's so obvious. What the, I mean, come on, like, here's all the data and all the evidence that you're making this so much harder on yourself. And people are like, why are you such a bitch? Like, (laughs) But then I realized, like, learning my human design, I was like, oh, nobody was asking me for my yeah. opinion. And nobody then was asking me for help because yeah, I love efficiency. 
Sorry, I'm so excited. Yeah, and then on top of that with gate 17 in your unconscious earth. So your unconscious earth is what you're meant to be grounded in. So often if you're not feeling fully expressed in your sun, you can look to your earth and say, okay, what's this energy now? Can I really come back to this? Sometimes it can be a lesson that we're we're like chosen this lifetime that we come back to again and again. And so in the low expression of someone who has this configuration of gate 17 in their unconscious earth, or sorry, conscious earth and 18 oh my God, my, the numbers are starting to blur together, but 18 in your conscious son, it can be like this person who always seems to have an opinion about something and someone who always has a critique, like seems critical, but in the high expression, it's like gate 17 in high expression is like expanding the possibilities for people. So it's like, yes, you have an opinion about everything, but it's for the purpose of being like, look at all the possibilities that you're not thinking about. It's like opening up just people's minds and views of things. And then, yeah, so in... And with all the energies in the chart, it's like this, where there's that low expression and the high expression, and you can really see where you are and then take action to move. So Lauren, what I hear you saying is like, okay, I was living in the low expression. And then when I was given language to understand why the superpower wasn't working, I could then sit back and let it be invited out of me. And then, yeah, when I'm like, hey, Lauren, what do you see that I'm not seeing? Like, how powerful is that for you to then be able to open up and just be like, listen, girl, this is what you got to do. And then I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Because then all of my genius and all of my expertise and all the things I know sometimes without even having a reason to know them, because I also have that in my, uh, I have that ability, like my, I don't know which Claire it is, clairvoyances it is, but like, I just know things. But if I just, if that one, if I just, if I'm just like randomly like, hey, Erica, how's your day going? Did you know blah, blah, blah about yourself? I've been noticing that you've been doing this a lot and, you know, I just think it's it's not great for you. If you did not ask me, you would be like, the hell? What? 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 <laughs> but like I've, I, I used to attribute it to being a Libra, but ultimately it's like, oh, no, I was I knew I was capable of this. I knew I had this ability, but now I can just wait. And I just have to watch people acting a fool, making their lives harder. And then one day if I, you know, have the opportunity, they'll ask for my help and I'll get to help them. (laughs) Yeah. And it like releases pressure because maybe before it felt like, oh my gosh, I need to share all this information with people. And now it's like, nope, that's not what I don't need to do anything. (laughs) Well, and when I was like bottling up my urges to do it incorrectly, that led to codependency and people pleasing and perfectionism and like it's it would it always comes out but it would come out sideways and it would come out in ways that were harming me because mm. i didn't know the correct way or the aligned way to express it yeah and then a few things i'll share that really changed for me when i just understood the like well the gates in my incarnation cross for sure and the gates that make up your incarnation cross are your conscious sun and earth and then unconscious sun and earth so the the top two boxes on either side of your body graph on the black side and the red side and so well one for me gate 12 is in my conscious sun this is the gate of caution and i actually ignored this for a long time cuz i was like that's stupid i don't that's i don't even want to know what that is the only thing i took from gate 12 that katie explained to me cuz she has the 1222 channel and it's in a different place in in her chart. But the biggest thing I took from it was like gate 12 has the, and you have gate 12 in your chart several times too. Gate 12 has the capacity to channel because it's connected to the throat and it's like tapping into, I think it has to do with the dropping of the larynx and like human evolution. So it really was like when humans got the ability to talk and there's 
there are these moments, a lot of the times it happens when I'm working with clients, when someone asks me a question about something I'm passionate about and I just start talking, I channel and like the information flows through me and I've learned how to trust that what comes out of my mouth, I mean, not always, I'm definitely not always super articulate because it's also very moody. So like if the mood is right, if the time is right, this is a very articulate energy and like, especially connected to gate 22, like very graceful. But I kind of started to own the fact that like I am channeling and communicating, like things are coming through me for other people. And that was a really beautiful gift because I used to be pretty hard on myself around like, oh, did I say the right thing? Like I felt like I would just like word vomit all over people because I do have a defined throat center. So that can come out as just like word vomit sometimes, like I have a lot to say, I have a lot of energy there, I have the ability to manifest through my throat, whatever. But it was like this permission to just own the fact that like whatever's coming through me is correct and meant to happen right now. And then also around the caution piece, I think when I finally read about the gate in the definitive book book of human design, say that five times fast, it's the gate of caution, but it's being cautious with the intention of like wanting to know whether or not you're being honored, I think is the language that it used, which kind of helped things. Cause I am very cautious in that sense. Like I am slow to trust because I'm like, okay, I need to know, like, are you in integrity here? Are you saying, I always kind of like look for hidden, like hidden intentions. And I'm like, okay, what's, what's going on here? But then again, it's like to help the species survive. Right. So if like I have friends are like, we're going to go jump off this, this cliff, the voice of caution comes in of like, hey guys, do we think this is a good idea? Like, let's stop and think about this. (laughs) So, you know, it's like there's highs and lows of everything, but it definitely, yeah, just deepened an understanding. And then my unconscious son is gate 25, which is a very like spiritual gate, the love of spirit. And I've talked about this a few times before where it just helped me unleash my spiritual superpowers and be more confident in talking about them. That's the other thing. It's like you see the gifts in your chart And then you notice like, oh, this is a gift for me and not necessarily for everyone else. And I can lean into this and it'll empower me. It'll empower others. And it's just like, just gives you direction and hope and all kinds of things. I think also the, that gate specifically, because a number of people in my circle have that gate. It also, human design also totally reframed self-care for me. Mm. because then it wasn't like this performative thing because I have to do it because I should do it. It was like, no, like stillness is in my chart so many times. It's like a theme. And when, when I started doing it as a means to like allow myself to do the other things in my life, Mm -hmm. it became a tool and not about self-care because I should do it. It was like, this is required for me to be able to use my energy like to its highest capacity or best usage. I don't know. So much permission, so much self-love, so much like validation for like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to be. That's not wrong because my family told me it was obnoxious or that, you know, like my previous employer like thought it was annoying that I knew more than him or like whatever it was. But it's like, oh, no, this is permission to be like, no, this is who I am. And if it doesn't vibe with you, then you're just not my people. (laughs) Yeah. And I love what you said about self-care because it's done something similar for me where like manifestors are not meant to be consistent. And honestly, if you have a lot of open centers in your chart with both, which both Lauren and I do have open a lot of open centers, you're not meant to be consistent. And so for me, I would like 
I was always looking for a routine and I'm like, I'm gonna wake up and do the same thing every day. And this is how my self care looks and this is how it has to look. And so like you have just been like, oh, I literally wake up each day. I'm like, what do I need in this moment? Knowing that I'm always gonna do something for myself, but I get to choose out of my self care toolkit and, and implement a flexible routine so that if one day I have a morning routine that's two hours and another day it's five minutes, it is all okay because it's what I needed and my energy is different every day. And I freaking love that about myself now. Yeah, the time freedom that it has also afforded. And not like I don't have meetings and things to do and schedules, but like it's given me permission to not have a routine because actually that's not really my thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, it's like, what's important? What do I need to respond to today? Yeah. Everything else can wait till tomorrow. Maybe, maybe it'll make the list tomorrow. I love it. Well, me too. We managed to talk 55 minutes about human design. Not shocked. Well, it's a, it's, 55. it was a fun meandering path. People, people listening, thanks for making it this far. We will put all of those different websites. If you know your time of birth, birthday, you should know your birthday <laughs> and where you were born. That's all you need to run your chart. Uh, I have only really used my body graph. I, I like the... It's free to run your chart, but I like the little kind of like pay-as-you-go information packets that they have. Yeah. And that's where I got the most information about my chart before I had a reading. So, And it's, I mean, I found it to be pretty affordable. It's pretty accessible as far as price point. But there's so many resources online. I think we should put some of our favorite Instagram accounts that we follow. Oh, good idea. In the show notes, we'll do that as well. And yeah, just join us in the curiosity here. We, there's a really large community of people who are doing this work. Yeah, and it's growing. And I will now forever be offering $10 off a 60-minute human design reading with me. So you can use the code PODCAST10, and I will put the link to book in the show notes. And if you have any questions, like you're, if it sounds interesting, but you're just like, okay, I don't know if I'm ready for a reading, one – when it's the right time, you'll know. So depending on your authority, whether you're meant to make – like know instantly or maybe sit with it, but just know that when it's right, that the link will be there, the discount code will be there. And I look forward to introducing to you if if that's what ends up being right. But like Lauren said, there are so many people out there. There are so many readers. So just wait for the signal that – you know from the universe that it's time and it's – it's a fun rabbit hole to go down. So come on down here with yes. us. Yeah. I don't think we need to remind you to stay curious, but I think you should stay, stay curious. curious. <laughs> Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.